Welcome to, uh, what are we going to call, we hadn't decided a name for this one, but uh, you'll notice I am not Adam Jalapu. I am in fact Ben Savage talking right now, but I'm actually joined with a special guest today. We have Adam Jalapu, uh, the Fargo Fox, as some call him. Adam, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Always a pleasure, my friend. Yeah. Uh, you know, we go way back talking sports. Really, it's the foundation of our relationship, you know? Uh, and so it's always a blessing to be talking sports with you. And as you know, this is like Christmas extended for me. Yeah. NBA playoffs. The yep. gifts keep coming. Maybe it's yep. more like Hanukkah because multiple days, multiple gifts. Yeah. So many this year. And uh, is this going to be on the Hoopstradamus network? It will. It Excellent. will. So, that, I mean, that makes perfect sense that it's a religious experience for you, even to that degree. And yeah, I'm leading this because as Adam said, our connection goes back to talking about sports. I knew this was, you know, the holiday season coming up and who else would you want to talk to before Christmas other than Santa Claus himself? So I thought I'd reach out, uh, see if I could a little flip the script here on my man, Adam, and have him be the guest on my show. So I'm going to give the listeners what they want, which is you, a basketball fanatic talking about basketball. And I thought, what a genius idea that would be. It's great. I, I was thrilled and, uh, you know, not a bad show host yourself. And so I know that I'm in very credible hands and it should be a great time. Yeah, let's get into it. And Adam, before we, we jump off and start talking hoops, uh, the folks probably haven't heard from you in a little bit. You want to tell them uh, where, what you've been up to, why the, the, those rabid fans haven't been getting their, their feed of Hoops Stradamus recently? Yeah, you know, uh, full disclosure, new job here in uh, Fargo, North Dakota, back in the local TV game. And so uh, that's paying the bills, you know, and also is tedious, my friend. And so um, unfortunately for uh, the loyal listeners, the podcast had to take a, a bit of a back burner, uh, but I'm hoping to revamp with the playoffs, especially now that the high school basketball season, the college hockey season uh, college basketball season is now all wrapped up. And so this is a great time in sports for people who work in local sports because they get to take a deep breath. You know, they just got through all these tournament seasons and everything. And then the playoffs start and uh, baseball starts as well. We won't be talking any baseball, but it, it really is just a magical time of year. Um, you know, falling asleep on the couch to a, a White Sox game or catching some NBA playoffs at 2.30 p.m. when the Memphis Grizzlies take on the, uh, who is it? The Minnesota Timberwolves. What? That is a fun one. And I had a feeling that you were going to want to talk a long time about that one. And, you know, you you mentioned the, the beautiful time of year it is. How about spring starting? We're getting to leave work when the lights are still on outside. Nothing better than that. And it's, I think it's snowing here. It's snowing here? It's uh, snowing here. Where are you right now? I'm in Fargo, North Dakota. Wow. And um, if you look on a map, it's just north of Narnia. So it's very cold and stays cold, stays snowy. Adam, I got a, I got a pop, pop quiz question for you. Geography question. What state is the northernmost in the contiguous continental United States? I'm going to go Washington. Washington State? Yeah. Interesting guess. I think a lot of people would say Maine as well. And I actually recently found out through uh, what I think was just oh, it's like probably Detroit, or probably Michigan. 
logistical mishap led it to be Minnesota. There is a Whoa. small little arm of like half of a lake more northern than any other state in the United States. Just a little fun fact for, for those of you way up north there. Uh, a little something you can learn. I don't even know if it's like it has a post office up there, so it's federal land, but a little little fun fact for you. But, you know, you were talking about how great this season is, and I think for me, I got excited about the playoffs this year more than I have in the past because there are more teams that we can really convince ourselves can be finals contenders. Uh, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are already talking about how there, there's no clear winner this year. There's no obvious uh, horse to bet on. Adam, what else have we not talked about enough about this season? I know anyone who's listening to this probably consumes their own basketball media, but what what has the general national media missed out on on storylines this year? The Timberwolves. Uh, honestly, uh, the Timberwolves are they have they're scoring more points than any other team. Are they like, the leading scorer? They're the leading they're- scorer. Yeah, they're first in points per game, and no one has talked about it. And they are the second fastest team behind the Rockets, and no one has talked about it. Um, I got my notes in front of me here. Uh, beg my pardon as I uh, double check on this. Yeah, so they're first in steals and first in blocks as mm-hmm. well. And so, um, and I'm sorry, no, this is, sorry, that was another team that's very similar to the Timberwolves. <laughs> uh, here we go, Timberwolves. Uh, third in steals, third in blocks. Uh, but the, yes, they are, uh, first in points per game and you know it's an interesting uh situation down there in minnesota and i did have them as a dark horse kind of going into the season i didn't think they would pick it up this quick but it's a little unconventional but they made it work i'm just very fascinated by what they've done having d'angelo russell be the primary point guard and then pat beverly who's not really a shooter be your shooting guard but he brings that defensive element and he's done a lot of things um, emotionally and mentally for this team to add an edge that they've been lacking. And when you think about the Minnesota Timberwolves, you think of Kevin Garnett in the last time they were in the playoffs, you got to think about Jimmy Butler. And so when the Timberwolves have had success and they're looking for their first playoff series win since 2004, it's been on the back of a team with a bit of an edge. And so I think that Beverly uh, insertion is crucial. Anthony Edwards is very, very good. (laughs) I'm just going to leave it at that for now. Jared Vanderbilt is a nice rebounder down there, uh, super athletic. Jaden McDaniel is also super athletic. And then Carl Anthony Towns is one of the better shooters in the NBA, one of the better big shooters of all time. Uh, won the three-point shootout this year. And so it's just kind of marveled me, even looking at this past week when the national media is all Clippers, Clippers, Clippers. What have you done for me lately, Clippers? Where is Kawhi? I don't see him. And you know what? Uh, I do like the Clippers when they're healthy. I'll quickly throw that in there. Like, give me a healthy, you know, Norman Powell, Robert Covington, uh, Nick Batum, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George. Reggie Jackson, Zubach, like that's deep. That's positionless for the most part. And it's a defensive nightmare. But I felt a little surprised to see all the national media, or not all of them, but a lot of them, picking the Clippers to win that game when the Timberwolves have the best offense in the league. They're playing faster than anybody else. I'm not counting the Rockets because the Rockets kind of have this weird identity, maybe a lack thereof. 
but they're playing fast. They're hard to catch. They force turnovers. Really good team. Should have been talked about a lot more. Yeah, and I think, Adam, one of the reasons that people aren't uh, or maybe weren't considering the Timberwolves like a heavy favorite in that matchup when you mentioned their statistical prowess over the Clippers is what they did to Cat. And not that everyone's had the blueprint before how to shut him down, but Carl Anthony Towns, maybe he's not the best player in the league. You can make the argument he's the most talented. And he hasn't been an MVP player. He hasn't delivered them playoff appearances after playoff appearances. And in a game like that last night, he was the third best player on his team. So yeah. do you think if, that's if enough to probably uh, not even, you know? Sure. Yeah. I, I'd probably put him fourth. Yeah. Like off the top of my head, I think he was three for 11. Yeah. Not good. And do you Foul see out? That a, was that a bad matchup and a great game plan from Ty Lu, or is this Timberwolves team perhaps going to be sorted out when the pace of play slows down in the playoffs, you're getting better matchups. Uh, do you think that's going to change things for them? Uh, I think that the Steven Jackson and Jaron Jackson matchup is problematic for someone like Carl Anthony Towns inside. Uh, did I say Steven Jackson? You said Steven Jackson. And I was just going to let it pass because shout out the, we believe warriors. I'm yeah. I know I'm talking about Savage. Steven Jackson has to come up. I met Steven Adams. Yes. Steven Adams. I'm glad I caught myself there. Uh, I I, I was going to correct you eventually, but I I enjoyed the moment where Steven Jackson was also a a haranguing perimeter and post defender. Yeah. I love me some Steven Jackson, Uh, but no, Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson is what I meant. Uh, Jaron Jackson, one of the best in the NBA for steals and blocks, not a terrific rebounder necessarily, but they use him out on the perimeter a lot. Uh, Steven Adams, a lot of players say is the strongest player in the NBA. He picks people up like they're little kids. And I think he would be totally capable of picking up Carl Anthony Towns. Like he's a little kid. Towns needs to be better than he was against the Clippers. And I was really uh, impressed by what T. Lou uh, did to slow him down. Batum played great defense. They used Covington effectively against him as well. So I like that they gave him different looks. And I think Memphis is going to be able to do something similar. Uh, But it's really going to come down to much like that game did Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell showing up. Um, But yeah, just two super similar teams. And uh, if you don't mind, I'll just kind of dive into a, a few interesting stats. This is what I teased out. For well, uh, I, I actually, I'm going to throw on the brakes there really quick. I love how seamlessly you transition into one of our matchups there. That's going to be one of the ones we want to talk about the most. But before we get there, Adam's thing that we didn't talk about enough was the Minnesota Timberwolves. One chance, Adam, I don't want to make you miss your chance. Oh, yes, about, yes. Just a little about, play, a little yes. tease for later. Exactly. This is good radio. Tell me about your MVP this year. I'll just spoil it. It's Nikola Jokic. And I want you, I'm going to give you 60 seconds to talk about him. All right. And I'm not going to interrupt. I mean, he just had one of the greatest seasons of all time and he's revolutionizing the game of basketball. Uh, What was it? 2000, 1500 club. Like he invented his own club. He literally just had the best player efficiency rating of all time. Like his season by that metric is better than anything Michael Jordan ever did better than anything. Will Chamberlain ever did 
in the fact that people are like, oh, but Joel Embiid didn't have, he didn't have Ben Simmons all year. Oh, guess what, buddy boy? Nikola Jokic didn't have Jamal Murray and Michael Porter uh, sleeps all day or something. No, like his back is an issue. Uh, I thought the Nuggets were dead in the water just because like, how are you supposed to do it with just Jokic when his best asset is making the other players better? They found a way. They found a way. And I think it would be a travesty, a disgrace to the game itself if Jokic does not win the MVP. I mean, what more do you have to do? 27 points a game, 14 rebounds, eight assists. The man's a center. You could make a compelling argument that Nikola Jokic, the center, the best center, in the NBA is a top five point guard. Like, come on, what more do we have to do? And so, oh yeah, Joel Embiid is, is better defense. Yeah, Jokic, really good defender. Really good defender. Way better on offense. Way yeah. better on offense. And he did it with an injured team all year. Like the, the Nuggets, frankly, don't have any business being as good as they've been. And so when you talk about value, there it is. I, Adam, I think you make a compelling case, and I don't know, man. I think it's just going to be another year next year where we're talking about Nikola Jokic stacking these insane statistical seasons. There's a great YouTube creator. Uh, I don't know his actual name, but he goes by Thinking Basketball, and he loves to compare. He does great breakdowns for players throughout the season, but one of his best series is a peaks of players. Who had the best peak of all time? So taking wow. like a three-year range and who was best at their peak. And he teases this idea, I think he finished the series over the winter, that Nikola Jokic is like one season away from being well within the conversation of top 10 best player peaks ever. And this is a guy who two years ago was considered a liability on one half of the court and maybe just a regular season player. And now he's about to win his consecutive MVPs. And here's what, here's what I'll put it back on you. We'll, we'll wrap up Nikola Jokic with this idea, though. You're not drafting for a season. You're drafting for one game. Is he really the first guy you pick? Would you take him over Giannis? I don't think I would take him over Giannis. Is there anyone else you would take over Giannis? Or I, I think I'm taking Giannis, like, top, and then probably Jokic. Uh, the interesting thing about Jokic, and it's a shame because it looks like Jamal Murray's not going to return in the playoffs, but in more power to him, he still had a great year, but him and Murray, they just are so much better together. Jamal Murray makes Jokic better. Jokic makes Jamal Murray better, but where the Nuggets would actually get a little predictable when Murray was healthy was how often they were going to do these pick and pops, the dribble handoff, the two game, two man game. And it was damn hard to stop. And that's why they kept going to it. But I think that Jokic to some degree, and you saw this last year in the playoffs in that series with Phoenix, if his other guys aren't stepping up, he can only do so much. Like he, he will put up a monster stat line. He'll put up 38, 20 and 12 but they'll lose because like Monte Morris them. or whoever insert, you know, random point guard, like Morris is solid insert random point guard. It's going to 
not be ready for that moment. Like Jokic's ultimate success when it comes down to winning, he has to have the right. They don't. Have, it's not like they have to be the specific format. Like LeBron, you see this specific format for LeBron built teams that he succeeded with. Jokic, you can put all sorts of players around him, but he needs players around him. Yeah, it's going to be really fun to see in the next few years. Is he teamed up with another top 10 player in the league? What does that look like? Does he work well with like a Steph and KD sort of works well with another superstar? Because he hasn't played with another superstar. Jamal Murray's a star, but he's not He's not broaching top 12 in the league status. Yeah. He's had his moments to, for sure. Yes, yes. And you have to think if you get somehow another premier player, another put the whole team on their back level player, what is the limit for Jokic? I don't really think there is. And that's going to transition us into our playoff preview. We're going to start in the West. Uh, we're just going to go down in order, talk about the matchups. Uh, then we'll transition to the East. Throughout each playoff matchup, Adam is going to have to, at the end, sell me on each of these teams as his actual finals pick. Adam is ever the optimist, ever the NBA fan. So I'm going to put him to the test see if he can try to bluff his way or for one instance, not bluff uh, who he thinks is going to win. And that's the fun of this year. You can pretty much convince even yourself six, seven teams. Adam, how many do you think? 10 teams you could make a compelling argument for? Probably 16. Probably 16. And that means there are two teams, maybe our play-in teams that aren't getting that compelling argument. And let's head to a play-in game here. We've got the Suns against TBD. It is getting determined tonight. It's either going to be the Clippers or the Pelicans. First off, either of those matchups change anything in terms of this series? I think you already said it. TBD. TBD. TB destroyed. <laughs> That's fantastic. So I take it you're going to have to do a hard Runs sell on that team. Yep. As your eventual finals winner. So we know it's a destruction impending. The Suns are in premier form. Best team in the league all year, especially uh, like if you compare the first half and second half, maybe the Celtics had a better second half, but they were average in the first half. What are you watching for in the series, if anything? Is there any little clue you could get into the depths of the Suns run they have in them? Anything you could extract from watching probably four games of them in cruise control? Uh, what, what are you paying attention to? I'm paying attention to Chris Paul, and I'm paying attention to his health. Uh, I got to go there. I got to go there. This is a guy who's gotten hurt in the playoffs so much throughout an unbelievable NBA career. You know, he finally uh, stocked and, you know, and got to the finals um, last year, lost in six games, of course. And that was a game that, or I'm sorry, a series that it looked like for a second, the Suns were going to be in control. Uh, you really can't, it's impossible to give Monty Williams enough credit for what he's done. And the combination of him and Chris Paul have completely transformed this organization and just like top to bottom. It's just incredible to kind of look at how well they're built. Uh, you know, DeAndre Ayton Bridges is the most consistent player in the NBA, I don't think he's missed a game in like four years. Played only player in the NBA, and, I think. And I'll say, Adam, out. they've been excellent all year. I think they're rock solid top to bottom. But is there anything, maybe if Aiden has a bad game, do you care if there's some chemistry issues, rumors he might be leaving after the season? 
Could we glean I, anything about them in this in this series alone? Incredible regular I, season. I don't think so. I mean, um, even though it kind of get goes against what I typically believe in as far as uh, playoffs go, like I do think that they're pretty much a lock. Um, and so I think that when we do get to that juncture, it's going to be in later rounds. Yeah. I don't think that the Spurs or the Pelicans have enough to frustrate them. Uh, that, try as you may. And who knows if the Spurs get in there, Deontay Murray could steal a game just going absolutely bonkers. I think he's probably the most underrated player in the, in the league right now. Uh, and so like organic triple doubles, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like not these, uh, ball dominant, uh, player triple doubles like a la Russell Westbrook has done many a time. Like these are making your team better. Everything runs through him because it should triple doubles. Uh, but I don't think that either of those teams present enough of a challenge. It would be interesting if Zion Williamson somehow was healthy, but that guy hasn't played all year. He did a 360 dunk pregame. Ooh, that's great. Who cares, yeah. man? On some like, sort of bouncy uh, surface floor i don't know uh, someone pointed out the floor like bounces it's weird but anyway oh, i want you to adam maybe i'm gonna actually make you sell me on either the clippers or pelicans give me your pitch for either the, the clippers or pelicans my bad yeah i i i i thought you might have been talking about a player i literally didn't even know he was so underrated um <laughs> but and that's the point they're gonna get destroyed but i need you adam pick clippers or pelicans and tell me briefly how they could win the nba finals all right. Look, man, everyone knows CJ McCollum is God's gift to earth. Okay. And once you get him going, he can light you up for 25 and a quarter, like he did against the bulls a couple of years ago. And so when CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram show up to the party, you know, who's going to be peeing down his leg, Chris Paul. Yeah. Maybe rolls an ankle. I don't know. That's problematic. Devin Booker, not ready for the moment. He's always like, Oh yeah. I'm Kobe Bryant, but I'm also not Kobe Bryant. Don't compare me to Kobe Bryant. What do you want, Devin? What do you want? I don't okay. know. No one knows. Jonas Valanciunas, he's a problem, all right? Uh, talk about a nice pickup. You know, they flipped uh, Stephen Adams, got Valanciunas back there. He's an amazing passer. In uh, the Pelicans have been substantially better since making that trade with Portland and adding McCollum. And so they're hot. No one's got a great scout on them. And they're going to win the NBA championship, man. Because uh, that's that the way it incredible. works. I, I, this is why I came to you, Adam. And next, this might be a little tighter, a little more to the point. Tell me how the Suns win the NBA Finals as the betting favorite right now in Vegas. They just got to keep doing what they're doing. I think the Suns are on a mission. And you look at how last year shook out. You, you can think about the Bulls losing in 1990 to the Detroit Pistons. And it was game seven. They, they got some bad luck. I think uh, Pippen missed that final game. And then that whole offseason, they're locked in. And it's a different mentality because they were so close to reaching the finals for, you know, what was Jordan's first time as a player. Chris Paul just got there. He saw that Larry O'Brien trophy and the Suns are essentially the same team as last year. They just got better. They have the fourth Gary. best offensive rating, the third best defensive rating, and the best net rating. Uh, 
even though they had a lot of health issues this year, they still rattle off 64 wins. There's every reason that they should be uh, the favorite. I don't know uh, how to stop them. And I don't know if the NBA knows how to stop them. If you take away Chris Paul, well, you can't really take away Chris Paul. Only Chris Paul can take away Chris Paul. But then you have to worry about Bridges shoots 37% from three. Booker, 38% from three. Uh, even DeAndre Ayton, who doesn't take a lot of threes, but has gotten to a point where he can shoot him and knock him down when he does, 37% from three. Jay Crowder, a terrific playoff performer, and has been that same guy for every team, seems to make big shots in the playoffs. Uh, Cameron Johnson, 42.5% from three. They're going to stretch you out, and it's the best team built around Chris Paul, I think, in his whole career when you really uh, shake it down. And then even worst-case scenario, let's say Chris Paul misses a game or something, you, you have Cameron Payne. And so he's one of the – he's a luxury to have as a backup point guard. I think that the Suns have a very legit chance. When you look it just like best, best team – like off there they don't have the best offense they don't have the best defense but you know they have the best field goal percentage they uh are extremely good at scoring and stopping the other team from scoring you know fourth and assist per game uh 27.4 i think it's going to be interesting to see them run through this gauntlet there's a lot of really good defensive teams in the NBA and there's some really good defensive teams in the West. They'll be challenged, but come on, who's beaten them? Nobody. I love it. And Adam, uh, I think I have a pretty good idea of which of those is a real prediction, but I, I last thing here for this series, what do you got as your outcome? For uh, the Suns against TBD? Suns against TBD. Suns and four. I have Suns and four, and uh, to quote you, I already had this in my notes, Suns and four, they're on a mission. It's just very clear this is not where their story begins or ends just yet. Let's move to Grizzlies Timberwolves two versus seven. Probably one of the most hyped first round playoff series that I can remember at all. The Timberwolves just celebrated winning the NBA finals. Pat Bev probably called his parents after the game. And the Memphis Grizzlies have just been the second best team all year long. They have just a dirty, nasty bunch of dudes who will absolutely mess you up and not give a flying uh, bomb. I don't know if we can swear on this podcast about what you have to think about it, which is just going to pair delightful uh, with their uh, their counterparts, Timberwolves, uh, S-talking attitudes. So, Adam, what are you watching for in this series? Like I kind of teased out earlier, how are they going to guard Carl Anthony Towns? because I do think that it's a bad matchup for him. Memphis is just tough as nails on the defensive side of the floor. And, you know, the Suns did it with, or I'm sorry, not the Suns, the Clippers did it with a lot less size. And so when I look at Memphis and what they like to do, you're going to be able to have the quickness and perimeter and interior defense of Jaron Jackson and then you're also going to have the sheer strength of Steven Adams. And um, pulling up some numbers here. Yeah, the, the Grizzlies first in blocks and steals. 
Uh, as I mentioned, these teams are very, very similar because guess who's second in points per game, Ben? The Grizzlies. The Grizzlies. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, they're kind of like mirror images of each other in a lot of ways. I'm going to pull up uh, the Grizzlies as well. But that's the biggest thing I'm looking at is what are they going to do about Towns? Can uh, Chris Finch find a way to make him more effective in a bad matchup because they're not going to advance without him. But on the other side of that coin, I think Anthony Edwards is actually going to wind up being a better player long-term. Call me crazy. Uh, but then, I think that this who? is then cat. Yeah. I, I think Anthony Edwards is the real deal. Everyone says this, but whatever the, the hat fits, it's a lot of Dwayne Wade in his game. He's already a better shooter than Wade was. Uh, Wade had an, a silky smooth mid-range. He was such a great scorer. Uh, and he obviously, you know, aged pretty gracefully until the very end there. But even that last season in Miami was pretty good. Meanwhile, Anthony Edwards just, what is he, like 21 years old? Great um, He's one of those guys who maybe can't celebrate by drinking. I, I, I think he might be 20. Yeah. I mean, he's you know, pull him up here. Um, yeah, he's, he's a baby <laughs> with all, with all of that firepower on the Timberwolves side though, Adam, what I want to see is how anyone can handle Ja Morant, Patrick Beverly, feisty yeah. defender, but there is a limitation how much effort and heart can get you when you're playing against the best athlete in the league, which I think Ja is a candidate for. What do you think is going to play out with that? Can they handle his pace, his tenacity, his relentlessness? I think they can handle his pace. I think I'll give the edge to the Timberwolves on pace. I think they, as far as pace goes, and that's why it's going to be a crazy interesting matchup. Both these teams can play some really good defense too. And you saw against the Clippers that, you know, that's how they won the game at the end. They held the Clippers to only 20 points in the uh, fourth quarter. This is obviously a different beast. Uh, And so it's interesting. Part of me thinks it's going to be, you know, take the over on 230 for total points. And part of me thinks it's going to be kind of a grinded out series because both teams kind of cancel out each other with, especially when I look at Memphis's uh, defense, as far as John Morant goes, I'm thinking you want to try to, obviously Beverly's going to be the main guy, but Beverly can't stay in front of him. Just like sheer athleticism. Uh, I think that he's going to get cooked at times. And I think that he's going to get frustrated. And Patrick Beverly is the kind of guy where a lot of what makes him good is what makes him bad. It's complicated. But he plays with so much emotion. He got ejected in the final game of the regular season against the Chicago Bulls. Like, why are you getting ejected in a meaning, relatively meaningless game? You know, like their fate was already sealed. They didn't have to necessarily win that game. And he still gets ejected. Like, what are you doing, man? He picks up a tech in the uh, the game the other day. And so I think John Morant is probably the hardest guard in the NBA right now or up there. Steph Curry has something to say about that. But, you know, hard guy to stay in front of. So I think Anthony Edwards is going to have to step up and play some defense. It's going to be interesting. I wouldn't be shocked if they tried Jared Vanderbilt on him. But I think that they would have to – Jared Vanderbilt on jaw. Yeah. Wow. But I think they'd have to really, I think they're going to give him plenty of different looks, but 
at the end of the day, uh, if you do try something that crazy, you'd have to move a lot of pieces around. Chris Finch is actually my pick for coach of the year. Uh, just because, like I said, the national media didn't talk about it, but like this Timberwolves team is not even recognizable from who they were last year. And I think it's really interesting. And I think that this series does go seven games. Okay. And that's because these teams are extremely similar. Like you look at where Memphis was last year, they were in the play in, right? They beat Golden State. I believe uh, we were at uh, Matt's house. Uh, yeah, they uh, they absolutely did. Yeah, we, we saw that hit a together. Bunch of threes. We did watch yeah. that game together. I, I think it was on my birthday. Oh my gosh, Friday. it was. It was. Yeah. It was on your birthday. Warriors lost on your birthday. Happy birthday to the ground. <laughs> um, so, Adam, but, you say you're saying it's it's going seven games. Who do you got in the series? I got the home team. I got Memphis. Memphis in seven, and then I had I had Grizzlies in six. I'm just not sure that the timber. I there's something a little insecure to me about all the trash talk they do. I love it. I'm very entertained by it, but I don't buy it as much. Maybe I'm just projecting and exposing my own vulnerabilities of who I don't think I am. But I know the the last thing the Timberwolves want is to get run up in the first two games and they'll get they will quit. I don't think this team is going to be relentless like that. If they can catch one of those first two games, though. I think we've got a series It's six or seven for sure. Um, but I, I just, I think they need to believe in themselves a little bit. It might be less talking. Maybe they'll stick their same formula, but I think, uh, I think there's a really high likelihood of an awesome series, but Adam, uh, let's hear it again. Give me a more, more bridge this time. Let's, let's hear selling me on each of these teams to win the finals. All right. Let's talk about uh, the Memphis Grizzlies and let's go back to I want to say it was Martin Luther King Day. No, that's the day they killed the Bulls. <laughs> I thought you were um, going to quote Dr. Martin Luther King as the reason. Yeah, here to no. win. Uh, they do have a dream, and that's getting to the next round. Uh, <laughs> um, no, there's a game. It was against the, the Warriors. I can't remember the exact day, but I remember I took the Grizzlies' money line, and they were underdogs, but you know, like they are locked down defense and John Morant is pretty much like a prime Derrick Rose. He's just zooming down the floor. He can control the pace. They have so much shooting around him. And I don't know off the top of my head, how many games Dylan Brooks played this year, but he didn't play very many. Now he's back in the fold. Uh, yeah. He played 32 games. And so he, he got there late in the season, but that's their second scorer or second leading scorer in points per game at 18.4. Um, I think that 30%, 31% from three is going to go up, but you have John Morant surrounded by shooters, whether it's DeAnthony Melton, uh, Jaron Jackson, Dylan Brooks or Desmond Bain. And that just the last guy in the world you want to have on an island is Ja Morant, because he will destroy you. The key and the reason that the Memphis Grizzlies are going to win the NBA championship is because of Jaron Jackson, all right? Let's talk about Jaron Jackson Sr., all right? This guy won a championship with uh, the San Antonio Spurs. He was a, a point guard shooting guard. 
And why do I bring him up? Not just to flex on what I know about the 1998-99 NBA Finals, but to tell you that Jaron Jackson has guard skills. And when the Memphis Grizzlies eventually reach their dynasty, it's going to be because of perennial all-stars, John Morant and Jaron Jackson. Uh, and then what? You're going to have, as far as his first rounds go, Anthony Edwards flying to the hoop. Yeah, Jaron Jackson, get that out of here. Come on. You know, playing passing lanes, taking away everything they do. There's a reason that they're first in steals and first in blocks. And then they share the sugar. Uh, six and assists. First in rebounds, even though Jaron Jackson, not necessarily a great rebounder, this team rebounds by committee. Steven Adams leads the team in rebounds with 10. And then everyone else, you have uh, one, two, three, four different guys who average not six uh, or, or just under six, but more than five, between five and six rebounds a game. It's like rebounding uh, by committee, and then they can all just get out and run. Uh, first in field goal attempts. I think that's something worth being said, because if you control the tempo, you get more shots than the, your opponent and you have a bunch of good shooters, like you're putting yourself in great position to win. And so uh, they're extremely well coached. John Morant, he's going to be a great finals MVP. And I can't wait to see the posters of him just jumping all over whoever he's dunking. Perfect. And now tell me how the Timberwolves win the NBA finals. So you've talked a lot about Timberwolves so far. So what's the, What's the elevator pitch here? Well, the Timberwolves, everyone knows it's going to win the championship. Come on. Like, this is the easiest one, all right? Uh, <laughs> Anthony Edwards, I, you know, I once saw him jump over a moving locomotive, all right? He, just a flex. He was like, hey, watch this. Jumps over a moving train, okay? And he dunked it on a 20-foot hoop, all right? And uh, he then raced the train and won. How do you stop that? You can't. Uh, no, Carl Anthony Towns is, is a huge factor for them. The, the space they're going to create for Edwards off that pick and pop. And then uh, the shooting they have on the outside, there's a reason they're the number one scoring team in the NBA. Uh, they're the best at dictating the pace. And so they're going to force other teams to play their game. And by doing so, they are going to emerge. And the best thing that the Timberwolves have going for them is the lack of respect. They already have a uh, up in their practice facility, a picture of Patrick Beverly and Anthony Edwards standing on the scores table. They literally already put it up. Wow. And so, you know, they love this chalkboard material. Uh, as far as Patrick Beverly goes, he's that missing link, right? You look at this Timberwolves team just the year before, and it's like, hey, they got some good young guys. They're starting to figure it out once they switch to Chris Finch instead of uh, Flip Saunders, but that, or not Flip Saunders, uh, Ryan Saunders. But then it, there was something missing, that that toughness, that, you know, attitude. And so, like, they don't care that Ben Savage says they'll give up because they won't. They won't. That's not who they are. And uh, I believe it was uh, Rupiard Kipling who said uh, the strength of the wolf is the pack and the pack is the strength of the wolf or something like that. Wow. And that, it's, it's in the Jungle Book. I was going to say that we have every means to look that up and I refuse to, because I don't want that to be wrong. Uh, <laughs> we've heard it from Adam. That's uh, that's how the Timberwolves win. We're going to move along to our third, second to last series here in the West, the golden state warriors, the three seed almost lost it there for a little bit uh, against the Denver nuggets. Number six, uh, Adam, 
What are you watching for? Some of the things right off the top, I, I think should be discussed the health of Steph Curry. Can they win without Steph in this series? Do the Warriors put him back on like a pitch count? I'm not sure about that. Clay and Dre are looking great right now. And I do think this is the finals for the Denver Nuggets. I don't think they really think they're a legit NBA finals contender here, but if they can take down arguably the best player in the world with the best franchise of the past decade, something like that, I think that's enough for them to put everything they can into this series. Uh, Adam, what are you watching for in Warriors versus Nuggets? Well, Nikola Jokic ate the Warriors alive all season. Mm-hmm. And the Warriors won that regular season series. Uh, pull, I'll pull up the exact numbers right now. Um, yeah, so here we go. In those games, Jokic, their first meeting December 28th, 22 points, 19 rebounds, five assists, four steals. Uh, now the Warriors did a good job. He did have eight turnovers that game. Uh, and that's they do a good job frustrating Jokic, but he still dominates them statistically. They do not have an answer for him inside. They just don't. Now, what uh, was that dominance? Was that Sans Draymond? I feel like that was a game without Draymond, or am I misremembering? That, that, that could have been a game without Draymond. Uh, and I, I, I do think he's the important factor. Ultimately, the Warriors, and, and by the way, it's looking like reports are indicating that Steph Curry should be a go for game one. And so if it wasn't, I, I thought about this one last night, and if it wasn't, then I, I would have gone uh, Nuggets. I would have gone Nuggets if without no Steph. Steph. Uh, but Clay Thompson, you look how hot he is right now. And you, you think about what he's done in years past in the playoffs and how clutch that guy is and how much he makes uh, Stephen Curry better. And now you have this third splash baby in uh, Jordan Poole. And you know why his name is Poole? Because he can splash as well. All right. That's why they he changed so, his name. With Steph in the series, what a what a, a fantastic storyline of the year Jordan Poole has been. But with Steph playing the series likely from game one, is there anything you're watching for to sort of sway what you expect to have happen? Like, is there a matchup that's the key or something that you want to see in the first game? see what the Warriors do against Jokic because I do think he's going to eat them alive I think he's going to have like might just be that simple yeah I mean really like because they don't have the personnel to handle him they just don't uh I know there is no team in the NBA that has the personnel to handle Nikola Jokic who who is is that that Giannis like is that Giannis uh Embiid like there's people who can contain him you know but you know as a Warriors fan Ben who, who who are you putting on him I, I think you just limit uh, what you could do as a facilitator. I'm fine with Jokic putting up massive, massive individual point games. I want Jokic scoring 40, but I don't want him having his 12, uh, you know, assists in the first half. Like that's what I think the Warriors need to shut down is him as a facilitator and really make it lean on some isolation plays. Um, that's what I think the Warriors need to do to, contain him although i why would i ever want another player scoring that much i don't know he's the back-to-back mvp i don't think there's a great solution to stop him i think the warriors with draymond and uh healthy draymond green i'm sorry healthy draymond green steph back in the lineup leading the team putting a lot of pace into the game 
Um, Gary Payton too, helping out. I think Gary Payton could give Jokic some fits. Like that guy is absolutely tough. But of he could be an irritant. Yeah, and if as long as they're just giving him different options, giving him different looks, that's what I think we can do to reduce it. But I've got Warriors in five for this series. Adam, what do you have? I got Warriors in seven. Where is it uh, still going long? Yeah, I, I, I just see that happen, but it would be a great series. Yeah, I, I don't know if I want to go six or seven, uh, but I am confident that the Warriors take this one. Um, yeah. You look at the way the Warriors have retooled, and it's just perfect. Yeah, it's nice. I still think it would have been great with LaMelo Ball there, but that's not this podcast. Uh, oh, my goodness. Adam, yeah. last thing I need from you for this matchup, sell me on the Warriors as your NBA Finals champion. All right, man. Well, it's pretty simple. The best player usually wins the championship. And the best player in the world right now is Nikola Jokic. And you look at this cupcake matchup in the first round where there's no one who can guard him. And then you look at the rest of the Western Conference and there's no one who can guard him. What is DeAndre Ayton going to try? Good luck, pal. Uh, Steven Adams, it's too slow. You know, you know who's stronger than Steven Adams? Nikola Jokic. Dallas, do they even have a big man? What's Boban? Too slow. No, uh, he's going to pick them apart. Uh, the Warriors are too small, and that's why the Nuggets are going to just destroy them in four games. It's going to be uh, embarrassing, really. People are going to be really yeah. upset about it. There's going to be uh, bad TV ratings. Uh, Steph Curry's going to roll an ankle. And uh, Aaron Gordon, he can shoot. He's a great shooter. He's an elite shooter, but he's been waiting. He's been waiting to showcase his shot. He's been trying to lull you asleep with these low percentage three-point uh, numbers over the past few years because this is his time. I this think he's, time. he's really primed for that coveted eighth-year leap that we expect yeah. everyone to take. And I think I, did ask, about, I think I did ask about the Warriors there at the start, but I love how you just went straight to the Nuggets. So this time, will you tell me, Adam, how the Warriors oh. in the NBA Finals? Yes, yes. The Warriors, whoever they are. Uh, no, let's talk about them. Let's talk about them. As I mentioned, the team's just built brilliantly. Let's go back to uh, our college days pre-Kevin Durant. This team uh, was more fun to watch for me personally, little sidebar, uh, just because Kevin Durant was kind of a ball stopper. Obviously, like they had more talent with Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant's unbelievable, right? He was probably the best player on that team. It's up to you uh, to decide who's, who's better, him or Steph Curry. But the ball didn't move as well. Now that you have healthy Steph, healthy Clay, and Jordan Poole, you have the Splash Brothers with an elevated uh, option. It's like a third one. So now if you need to rest Steph or Clay, you just put Jordan Poole on the floor. You know who's better than Harrison Barnes? Andrew Wiggins. You know who had the best season of his career? Andrew Wiggins. He shot 39% from three. Like, Clay Thompson is fine. You know, he actually got his numbers all the way up. He played 32 games. He averaged just under 30 minutes per game. The dude is healthy. He's shooting. He's one of three players uh, on the team that shoots over 90% from the free throw line. And that stuff winds up being really important in close games in the playoffs. Don't miss your free throws. And so uh, the fact that they're never going to 
truly because even those old Warriors teams, you can kind of shade off uh, Sean Livingston. It would be nice to have his defense, but you have other guys like Otto Porter Jr., uh, Gary Payton, uh, the return of Andre Iguodala, uh, JTA, um, you know, even uh, what's what's his name? Uh, Kaminga, Kaminga. Yeah, you know, you have a lot of guys who can do a lot for you defensively, but the fact that you don't lose your offensive identity as far as a spread and shoot team uh, when Steph or Clay are off the floor, or even if Steph does wind up missing a game, makes them incredibly dangerous. And you want to talk about the smartest uh, men in the NBA. It's probably Steve Kerr and Draymond Green. And Draymond Green isn't just the best, maybe uh, a pick for uh, all defensive. He's definitely all defensive in my book, but he's a defensive and offensive coordinator. He knows the opponent. He knows the enemy. Uh, no matter who they run into, he's going to be prepared for that. It's like having another coach out there. Uh, the Warriors move the ball beautifully, fifth and assist per game. Uh, they'll take it away from you, fourth and steals per game. Uh, they will complete defensive possessions. Uh, they're second in defensive rebounds per game. And then they are the best uh, defensive team in the NBA, according to the defensive rating metric. And so I think that they are absolutely dangerous. The X factor here is Andrew Wiggins, because we're this is the Andrew Wiggins we had advertised, the guy we thought we were getting out of KU. And you know what the secret was? He can't be the best player on the team. That's fine. If you're averaging 17 points per game, and that's third on the team behind Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Jordan Poole, that's a perfect situation for him because he's someone capable of giving you 30 but he doesn't have to. But once you go and you guard and you shift over, that dude's going to be wide open in the corner. And there's going to be games throughout this playoffs during their championship run where he absolutely will destroy you because you're so overly focused on uh, the other more obvious shooters. Well, now, um, I hope so. And, and then it's just Draymond Green. Draymond Green is the point guard of that team. I saw a, a someone tweet the other day and you know I get furious about tweets uh but someone tweeted uh, about how uh Steph Curry's like not a good an elite playmaker I, I said that's egregious but no he's not even the primary playmaker on that team because he doesn't have to be because yeah. they're better running through Draymond Green who is more motivated this year he's more ready this year like who's stopping Golden State for real what is it like a healthy Golden State no one I don't know, man. I can think of one team, and they'll have to play them in the Western Conference Finals. But last I don't think they're stopping them. I, I love team. it. I love it. Last question before we head to uh, our uh, last matchup in the Western Conference. Who would win in a match, Nikola Jokic or Grandmaster Magnus Carlsen? Uh, chess. Oh, jeez. Just right now. You don't even know if Nikola Jokic has ever played chess. Who, who do you got? Jokic. Yeah, I, th I think so, too. I think yeah, Carlson yeah. might win if, uh, you know, it's a series, you know, best of three or five. But Jokic Grand Master Carlson's going to be really not. He's he's he got Nikola Jokic's brothers behind him. Yeah, good luck. Muggin. That yeah. guy's not going to be thinking about chess. He's thinking nope. about, thinking about surviving the walk to the car. Exactly. And let's head to a team just looking to survive the walk to the end of the season. The Utah Jazz and the Dallas Mavericks. Man, this series would have been way more interesting for me if 
Luka Doncic didn't hurt himself, calf strain, last game of the season. Last time I checked, which we were recording this on Thursday evening, there was no timetable for his return. Not saying he's going to miss the whole series, but no, like, one game out, two game out. Not looking good for game one. We know that much. Not looking good for game one. Obviously, that's a key. I think Jalen Brunson has been excellent this year, and I've been down on him in the past. Uh, I'm also going to be looking for passes from Donovan Mitchell to Rudy Gobert. Of course, the famous statistic this past week that Rudy Gobert averages two passes a game from Donovan Mitchell, which ah. is not assists, passes. Uh, and uh, that is just not a team that is built to win this year. Uh, that There's something wrong with the Jazz. They're a guitar missing a string. But Adam, what are you watching for in this particular series? Uh, you know, the health of Luka Doncic, obviously. Well, I think that the Dallas Mavericks did something very interesting when they traded for Spencer Dinwiddie. You know, they, they gave up on Kristaps Porzingis and they said, hey, we're going to be smaller. Uh, they must have a lot of faith in Dwight Powell. And then Dorian Finney-Smith has really evolved over the last few years. He's turned into a really solid NBA player. Great defender. Uh, but uh, say that again. Great defender. Yeah, yeah. And um, micro side note, Reggie Bullock, really good defender too. Guess what uh, 2K has his uh, perimeter defensive rating as? 81. D plus. Oof. Like, who's running this? I don't know. We should send a report to it, NBA 2K that their game is worthless. Egregious. Upsetting. Yeah, I was, I was playing with the Mavs online, and I'm like, oh, perfect. I'll just put Reggie Bullock out there. And I'm like, he's not doing a very good job. And then I look, and they have him as a D plus. That should be like an A-. minus. Like, he's he's very sticky. Maybe a B. At least a B-, minus, not a D plus. Yeah. Give me a break. Uh, but I think that in the absence of Doncic early in the series, we're going to see Jalen Brunson put up some really good numbers. And then I think that him and Dinwiddie are able to hold down the fort, but there's a difference between holding down the fort and holding down the fort in a playoff series. Uh, I'm really interested to see this is a Mavericks team that really got way better defensively under Jason Kidd and is uh, really elite there. And they're capable of going very positionless. Uh, Dinwiddie is a gamer. I think that he can put up some big numbers in the playoffs, but they just seem to be lacking size when you compare them to a team that's led by Rudy Gobert. Mm. And Rudy Gobert and Hassan Whiteside are both like huge, huge. Yeah. And I don't think Hassan Whiteside, like his best days are behind him, but you kind of look at the depth uh, in size of this jazz team. What do you think Mitch- about? That as as a plus, and I, I totally get it. There's a physical significant disadvantage with Rudy Gobert imposing his will on on the other end of the court. But what do you think about the concept of having the sort of five out style of play that's really been torching the Jazz this year? That haven't anything to stop the um, okay. We'll put a smaller guy in at center, and your team isn't going to pass to him when he's on offense. And then on defense, he's not going to be able to chase down Reggie Bullock in the corner he's not gonna be able to chase down maxi kleber so i think there's a world where we could see the jazz come to a fortuitous uh uh not fortuitous an anticlimactic thud i'm trying to i was really searching for like there's got to be a music term for when there's no crescendo the music just stops 
it, it is a uh, the the cord getting cut the cops showing up and shutting down the party the that's lights what I going down right. on broadway yeah and that's that's what i think i might be keying in on at, or anticipating here adam what's your prediction for this series i got the jazz and it comes down to luka Doncic. this is this one could go either way uh, but Utah Jazz, that's, that's the Jazz. Offensive. Assuming, give me a number of games you're expecting Luca to play. And although it's, you know, we're not doctors, we're not. I think he's going to play as many as he's like. I wouldn't be surprised if he plays every game. Sure. Like I think if he is able to play, even if it's excruciating pain, I think he will. So you, I think Luca like ailed Luca to be out there, but not his normal self. Because I think it's yeah. normal self. This is a route. It, it, it's it's unfortunate. I think both teams are kind of flawed. You know, um, I think that the Mavs are better than they have been, but still maybe in a bit of a transition. Is as, as far as like this is the playoffs now. You know, every team's really good, and so I don't know if they're going to be good enough. You know, like they this new identity is working for them and they're a nightmare to uh, uh, to guard, but I just look at this Utah team and unless it, there's a complete implosion, I expect them to play really good defense on a team with either a unhealthy Luca or no Luca, and then just do what they do offensively. And that's move the basketball. Uh, Donovan Mitchell has had some insane moments in the playoffs. Um, they're just, a tremendous rebounding team. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Second most three pointers made. This is a team I thought was going to go to the NBA finals last year. Yeah. And even though the Mavs just a little bit better in the standings, ah, it's, it's like the, um, you've seen the animated Disney movie of Hercules. Sure. You know, where uh, the prophecy, my prophecy is essentially, essentially the Hercules prophecy prophecy. If Luka Doncic fights, the Jazz will fall. But if Luka Doncic sits, the Jazz will win. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just like they said in Hercules. Yeah, so, yeah. Adam, uh, what's your official prediction here? We had uh, the Jazz in how many games? Oof. Oh, man, is this tough. This is like maybe the hardest matchup because if it goes to seven, then I don't see the Mavs losing in at home, you know, that last home court. It's a big, yeah. Deal. I'm a flip-flop. I'm going flip-flop because of home court advantage. Uh, and I, I'm just thinking Luke is going to be healthy enough Mavs in seven, but like this, series is going to be nuts there's there will be multiple overtimes and that is the fourth prediction in a row we've had the same winner i have it mavs and five i kind of think there might be like a blip on the mavs path but i i think we get uh, a healthy enough luca and also i just think like jalen brunson's gonna be good enough dinwiddie is actually like a very nice compliment the two of them together i think they're yeah. just gonna in running them three whoo i and i i think we see game two uh you know maybe maybe the series is two to one 
and at Utah, they lose, and you just see Donovan Mitchell walking away from Rudy Gobert like, when will you get this guy out of here? I don't want to deal with him. They don't like each other. Um, so, Adam, give me a brief. I don't think uh, I don't think we, we either of us really buy either of these teams as finals contenders, but, hey, that's the point of this exercise. I want to hear it. Keep it brief. You know what? Uh, with the Utah Jazz, I mean, winning heals all wounds. And so uh, Rudy Gobert and uh, Donovan Mitchell, they're going to kiss. They're going to kiss on the mouth on national television when they uh, win the championship. Because at the end of the day, they really do love each other. They're going to get COVID. He's going to pass COVID after the championship. Yeah. And then you're going to say that they do pass to each other. Okay. They do pass. They, they pass do pass. To each other. That's they pass germs. Uh, wow. That is easily the best prediction so far. Uh, and lastly, give me your Dallas Mavericks NBA Finals champions pitch. Uh, there's a guy by the name of LeBron James. He's really good for a really long time. He's not in this postseason. But you know who is? Luka Doncic. All right. And Luka Doncic is LeBron James of the future. Uh, you know, like, honestly, both these guys came in um, absolute prodigies and then immediately lived up to the hype. The genius of Luka Doncic and the quickness of uh, the players around him and the fact that the whole NBA has only had 82 games to really look at this new identity uh, Mavs team and then even less time with uh, the Sans Porzingis era. Like the team said, hey, we're, we're going to get smaller and quicker and um, it makes them a nightmare in the half court. And I think that they're playing chess with uh, Stravansky or whatever uh, the the guy, the Duke, whatever was was his name, Lord Tyrannus. <laughs> I, I can think of Tchaikovsky. I think that's either an author or a no. Composer. Who's the guy? Who's the Stravinsky? chess man? Uh, what's the, that? The chess guy you just brought. Oh, a uh, grand chess grandmaster Magnus Carlson. Yeah, that's what I meant. Luka Doncic is the grand chess master, Lord Tyrannus of the NBA. That's good to hear. That's I'm sure Luka would love to know that. And I appreciate your predictions, Adam. Uh, so wrapping up the Western Conference, you had to watch one series from this first round. Which one are you investing your time into? Uh, T-Wolves Memphis. Yeah. Uh, because of my job, we, we show a lot of uh, Minnesota highlights. And so we got a lot of Tim. Where, where can fans catch Adam if they want? Uh, if they want more of this man, where could they catch it? Oh, the best would be uh, Friday nights on KVRR Sports Extra. Go to KVRR's website, KVRR.com. Make sure you do the www dot. Okay. K www dot. B as in boy. B as in boy or V as in valley. V as in victory. Yeah. Um, so you go there and then you can, we have a, a half hour sports show on Friday nights. And so I'm hoping to get uh, a lot of NBA content. Uh, we'll have hopefully some stuff um, tomorrow. We'll at least have some Timberwolves talk. Uh, but yeah, but even that aside, you know, I say that tongue in cheek. I do think that that is the matchup I'm looking forward to the most just because they're so crazy similar. Like these are the number one and number two scoring teams in the nba and they're facing each other in the first round of the nba playoffs like what more do you want like seriously and i always say that the nba is the most like quidditch because everyone can fly and it's extremely high scoring 
Like, what's more magical than the two highest scoring teams? That's I – I couldn't put it better myself. Let's move across the country. We're heading to Miami, and we've got our number one heat uh, – number one seed Miami Heat versus TBD in the East. Adam, first things first, do you care about who winds up being that eight spot, be it Cleveland, uh, be it Atlanta? Actually, yeah. Okay, love it. Tell me yeah, about I, it. How I does that the, change things? The Hawks were in the conference finals last year. Um, they've obviously haven't had as good a year this year, but like the proof's in the pudding. You know, they have uh, Trey Young who showed up and put us all on notice last year. And there's not going to be a playoff series where Trey Young doesn't steal a game. I just, I just don't see that happening. Uh, and then, you know, Clint Capella at his best is able to uh, really like he's had a triple double on blocks before one of the only guys to do that. And so he's incredible. Uh, if you get these guys going their ability to spread the floor, they're a nightmare to stop. As far as the Cleveland Cavaliers go, they're also really, really good. Uh, the Karis LeVert pickup was huge, especially uh, after the Ricky Rubio injury. They picked up Rajon Rondo, who just, I think, is finally too old. But such a great pickup because when Rubio got hurt, I was like, shoot, there they go. Because he was so important to dictating that pace and being that uh, big playmaker for them. And so I really think that the Cavs deserve a lot of respect. Um, they're way better. It took me all year to kind of uh, give them the credit they deserve, but they all of a sudden turn into a really good defensive team. And uh, that's just still an anomaly to me. Jared Allen is going to try to give it a go. Uh, that's one thing I'm really keeping my eye on because Jared Allen, when he's playing is an elite defender but what are you going to do if, if, he, if he can't go? Um, just taking a quick look at that Cavs team. They don't have enough to make it out of the first round, but they have enough to make it a fun series where sure. like maybe they could push it to six games. Kevin Love is actually like good still. People just forgot. Uh, Lowry Markkinen is having a very successful second stint of his NBA career there. They got size. They got shooting. Uh, Darius Garland's fantastic. I think both these teams, the Cavs and the Hawks, are solid. I think the Hawks are a little bit better, and I think some of that comes down with uh, experience. But uh, to be destroyed still. Yeah, I think you do bring up a good point, though, that kind of both the Western eight potential, potential eight seeds are cupcake matchups, whereas either of these teams, you could you could sell it as – at least a game stolen by one of those other teams. Uh, and that's one of the chief concerns I have for the Miami heat is I don't think they have like a game stealer. I love Bam out of bio. I love Jimmy Butler. I don't think either are a top 10 player. And I think that there are nights where Trey young is. Um, I think that it's going to be tough for this heat team to go the distance without that top 10 player. They made the NBA finals with essentially this roster. I get that. Um, I just think that teams like this year's Bucks, this year's Nets would would stomp on that old Miami Heat team that made it there. But 
They made it there. They're an excellent team. They're phenomenal defensively. Um, what do you want to see? What are you looking for in this 1-8 matchup? Is there anything that moves the needle for you in terms of second round or beyond in this? Assuming, I am assuming that you are taking the heat no matter what. Yeah, I am taking the heat. And I think they do have that guy. Uh, and, and sometimes these guys, you find out who they are in the playoffs. And I think that guy's Tyler Hero. Wow. You know, okay. He's the best scorer on that team. Jimmy Butler leads the team in points per game. Uh, I think Jimmy Butler's the most important player on that team. But Tyler Hero shoots 40% from three. Love and, it. you know, he's he's still getting better. I would agree that they don't necessarily have a top 10 player. I don't think they do. And I think that's a really good point you bring up. But if you look at the whole NBA landscape, is there a deeper team? Maybe the Warriors. The Suns. Maybe the Suns. Yeah. It's a very short list. Yeah. It's a very short list. And when you think about the style of basketball they play, it's a nightmare to guard. They had the best three-point percentage in the NBA this year at 38. Um, you know, they make their free throws, shot 81% as a team. Uh, they, they pass the ball well, 25 and a half assists per game. And then they have a bunch of guys who can kill you. And one, the big X factor is Victor Oladipo. Who is lighting it up right now. Yeah, he's played eight games this season. And his last game, he's, he dropped 40. And so, like, when you bring in over the last two games, he shot 11 from 20. If you combine those last two games where they were actually like, all right, it's April, or we got it locked up, like, show us what you can do. And that's what he can do. And so, having that, like, ace up their sleeve uh, makes them tough because teams don't necessarily know how they're going to use him in the playoffs because they have such a small glimpse of that. But honestly, man, here's what it comes down to with the Miami heat. Like I completely agree with you about a lack of a top 10 player, but this is a defensive super team and probably the best defensive team in the NBA because you have Lowry, Oladipo, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. And then you have your irritants in PJ Tucker, uh, Gabe Vincent. I don't know how much they're using uh, Markeith Morris because, you know, he got pushed by Nikola Jokic and his head fell off. Um, Caleb Martin, you know, but I think that this is a defensive super team. And so it's interesting because we're in this like offensive NBA where like so many of these guys and rightfully so are getting so much attention, but the heat are going to make it extremely difficult for you to score from any position uh bam out of bio matches up like better than just about anybody with a guy named Giannis, which is going to wind up being key in the playoffs there's not like we we're yeah. talking about Jokic earlier right there's guys you can only slow down like put bam out of bio on Embiid, put bam out of bio on Giannis, like Put Bam on insert great big man. And I'm not feeling bad about it. And the other thing on the other side of the ball is they're an elite passing team. And, and so if the Heat do make a great run, it's going to be because they lock you down and then just kind of play Spurs basketball, you know, like 
classic Spurs basketball where it's just like, wow, these guys are passing the hell out of the rock and locking them down on defense. The next thing you know, this team uh, made it to the finals. There you go. That kind of sounds like your Miami Heat finals prediction there. Uh, would love to hear your prediction against either team. Uh, how, who do you have? I have the heat and four, but I, I don't think it's a compelling four. I don't think it's like waxing the court for, I think they might have a close game or two, but, uh, I don't think they need to get out of first gear here. Uh, if they face the Cavs, it's heat and four. If they face the Hawks, it's heat and five. Gotcha. And, uh, one more question before I hear your, uh, Hawks, uh, let's call it the Hawks, uh, NBA finals prediction who would win in a fight. And this is why I asked the, the Jokic thing. I thought about some other like hype, fun hypothetical fights because this one came to me like actually in a dream. Wow. Udonis Haslam versus a ghost. The ghost. Interesting. What's What sort of ghost are you thinking of? Are you thinking like cartoony Scooby-Doo or like modern days horror ghosts? Ghouls. <laughs> Any sort of ghoul you take over. I think Udonis Haslam would put up a fight, but I kind of think the ghost would have different planes of existence on his side you know i mean if you want to talk about planes of existence this is the same udonis haslam who won a championship with shaquille o'neal you know <laughs> insane <laughs> like you want to talk about fighting ghosts he is the ghost he should have been dead a long time ago as far as his career goes but he's still there and, Absolutely. you know, it's, it is really just insane to think that, like, this guy won a championship with the Heat when we were in grade school. You uh, know what I mean? It's messed up. And he's, like, 40-something. I love it. But uh, let's hear it really quick. Give me your Hawks win the NBA Finals. What does that look like? Well, Trey Young is just not going to miss any shots. 50 for 50 every game. Yeah. Love it. All right. Let's move on to my <laughs> that, favorite. That was my best argument, by the way. All right. I think your Rudy Gobert argument of they're passing more than just passes is, is really great. Uh, matchup of the first round, I think, in my opinion, pretty clearly, one of the best matchups in like recent playoff memory, the number two Boston Celtics against the number seven play-in Brooklyn Nets. Man, what an absolute juggernaut of a seven seed they are. Rumor has it Ben Simmons is coming back. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if I care. Maybe that's what I want to hear you talk about and what are you watching for? Obviously, Boston had the best second half of any team in the league. Uh, probably no time lord for this series, uh, who is a big role in that, especially their defensive dominance. Um, I want to know, Adam, what are you watching for between this absolutely riveting 2-7 matchup? Kyrie Irving. Uh, is know, it just him? Do you want to see if he gets to be on? Does he get to play in both of these places? I forget. Uh, I, I believe he does now. Yeah. Cool. So, and yeah, Kyrie, man, he's fresh. He is. He might, might, he's so fresh. Kind of makes you think maybe LeBron plays 40 games next year. Maybe Steph Curry doesn't start playing until March. What? This 20 games, 20 game regular season. These guys are good enough. I don't know. Fresh. So a fresh Kyrie Irving, who other than Marcus Smart would you peg to try to stop that kind of guy? Who do you think wins that matchup? And it comes down to team defense, uh, especially like on the pick and roll situations. I'm interested to see what they do with the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving pick and roll. 
Uh, I don't think Horford's got the feet, but I think he has the know-how, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, he knows how to stop it. I just don't think his body is capable of moving quick enough. Uh, but you have some really great defensive options in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown too, who have a lot of length. And I think if you were building a team to stop Kevin Durant, much like the heat might be built to stop Giannis stuff, stuff like that, would it not be the Celtics with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and a healthy Robert Williams that you can kind of throw at Kevin Durant at times? Like, is this not the perfect team to stop KD? Is Marcus Smart not the perfect counter to Kyrie Irving? I, I think this is such an intriguing matchup. I think the Nets really could win the NBA Finals. I think, and this is spoiling my prediction, I think the Celtics match up so well they win in five. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I have the Celtics winning as well. Uh, I want to circle back to what you said about that, uh, Ben Simmons. Yeah. It, it's extremely interesting because, like, you have to play him because he's – like the third best player on your team. And he's a guy who can check their two best offensive threats. Yeah. But Moment here's up. the problem. Like, Ben, you love to cook. I would imagine this would be like you're making a nice stew and then you're just going to throw in this cold piece of chicken. And that chicken could very well be delicious. Well, here's but- the thing, Adam. I think you bring up a great point in the realm of cooking and adding in a high quality ingredient that isn't traditionally part of the dish. This, this stew has been simmering for hours. These guys know each other. Kevin and Kyrie love each other. The other pieces of the stew aren't that spectacular. The nets don't really have much else after them, but I love Seth Curry. He's not healthy right now with his ankle. He, he looked like a shell the other night, but when you add in, if you added something in late into the cooking, that could spice up the whole thing, liven up the stew, or it could could ruin hours of work. Yeah. And, and like, honestly, I love the Ben Simmons pickup. So I don't want to get it twisted. I love the pickup because here's what I would do. I'd run Ben Simmons uh, at center a lot. Yep. It's just, I, impossible to stop that. You're so quick. You become the quickest team in the NBA. Uh, and then you can just run like, sure, run four out around Ben Simmons. And you kind of use him a little bit like uh, passing out of the post more so, but like kind of Jokic-esque, you know? Uh, I think that we're going to see an evolved Ben Simmons when we do see that. I think that he's actually a perfect fit because he doesn't necessarily – like. He needs the ball in his hands to facilitate, but he's not like James Harden where he has to be a scorer too. Like he'll let Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant go get their buckets and he's going to be great at getting them open because that's what he does so well. And he's a great defender. And you look at the Nets needs all season and it's like a versatile, really good defender who can fix every problem they have defensively, which just happens to be Ben Simmons. And then Someone who is just going to get their shooters the ball on offense, whether it is uh, Curry, Kyrie, or or KD. And so I think he's a great fit. But what I don't believe is that I don't think it works that way. I think that there's a lot of chemistry that is built over uh, the year. You can't just like throw in a cold piece of chicken in a hot dish. And this guy has been on ice for the entire season and let's think about gonna, the last time he was playing too. a yeah. liability he takes like, a season 
there's going to be turnovers because like people don't have a feel for each other. Like this guy just started playing five out of five. He hadn't played basketball in a year. Now he's going to play in the NBA playoffs against the Boston Celtics. And that's going to help. No, like next year. Yeah. Next year revisit maybe conference finals, but like yeah. this year, golly, like maybe it helps marginally, but it also hurts. All right, Adam, tell me how the Brooklyn Nets win the NBA finals. I mean, we saw they were shot away last year for from beating the champs. When you get Kevin Durant hot, when you get uh, in Kyrie Irving being so fresh, uh, I just don't know how you stop them from scoring. They're so damn quick. Andre Drummond was a huge pickup for them. And so to have that element um, is someone who you can just a paint beast, you know, slow down Joel Embiid, DeAndre Ayton, uh, Giannis, whoever you uh, run into, you just have a big body down there. And then you got someone, he's someone who can contain, but then on the other side, it's really just coming down to uh, playing the way Steve Nash and the Nets like to operate. And that's tempo. And uh, you know, it's, it's KD and Kyrie against the world. And I think that they want that. I think they want to be the underdogs. I think they, they thrive in that. Yeah. They're certainly oddballs. Both of them are locker room weirdos and yeah. let's shift over to the Boston Celtics. Adam, how do they win the NBA finals? Oh boy. Well, it's so crazy. Cause you know, we, we've had this uh, same Celtics team for so long and all of a sudden they trade for Derek white. And that is when they started to be good. Uh, I love this team defensively. When you look up and down, you have an elite defender in, like, I should call them a defensive super team, Robert Williams, Al Horford, who, by the way, Al Horford, like, people forget that he's still really good. Yeah. Like, he's going to get his steals. He's going to get his blocks. He's going to get his assists. He can knock down threes. He can guard Giannis. Yeah. And so you have, uh, you know, Time Lord, Horford, Brown, Tatum, Smart, Derek White, I'll even throw in Grant Williams. That's seven really, really good defenders. Tatum dropped 60 when I was uh, watching a game on your couch last spring, last winter. Okay? 60 against the Celtics. This guy has been waiting for his opportunity to kick Kevin Durant's ass. And this is it in the first round. And uh, as you mentioned, the Celtics are the hottest team in the NBA. I want to backtrack to uh, when the bubble started. I was looking at the Miami Heat. It only took me a few games. I said, they're coming out of the East. You get hot at the right time, and you really can throw everything out else out the window. But the addition of Derek White, another guy who can give you 20 points a game, yeah. guard some of the best players in the league, and is going to be – like the fact that he's – such a low option for them offensively speaks to the wealth of riches they have. I think that Jalen Brown, I mean, he scored 50 opening night in New York, like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are really, really, really good. And um, I think that everything else that hasn't been working around them is finally starting to click. They're going to be an extremely tough out. And there's a reason that uh, they finished the season they, the way they did. 
Absolutely. And I had Celtics in five. Adam, who do you have in this series? Uh, I'm going Celtics in six. Celtics in six. We have been in lockstep so far. I think we're going to be in lockstep for this series. And unfortunately, I am going to request we we brush through this one because of all the series in the first round, uh, I don't have the like DraftKings odds. I can imagine this is the lowest chance of winning. Oh, no. Bucks, Bulls. I don't even know what you're Anybody. talking about. Yep. We're talking number three seed Milwaukee Bucks. I don't know if we could say they're at full strength. They're at good enough strength, and the Bulls are down. Uh, uh, Lonzo Ball, uh, Caruso hasn't quite been right since he came back from the cheap shot from Grayson Allen. Vucevic looks expendable at this point, um, although we know he's capable of so much offensive firepower, and Damar and Levine are going to do their thing. But I put down in my notes for what to watch for. I don't think I'm watching. Uh, I don't really <laughs> see this. I don't see this series um, having too many ranges of outcomes. It's bucks and four, bucks and five, maybe bucks and six, but bucks and four, bucks and five, I think overwhelmingly um, in my eyes, Adam, you have a better trained basketball eye. Is there anything else we could be missing? What are we looking for here? Uh, I mean, I just want to go off what you said, Lonzo Ball being out. Yeah, this team is so reliant on him. Lonzo Ball might be like the fourth best player in the Bulls, but you can make a compelling argument that he's the most important. Uh, the fact that he, like, when did what made it so the Bulls could turn this corner and turn into a really good team this year? It was their pace. They're they're beating you down the floor. Um, they're knocking down open threes. The they're ball moving the ball really well. Yeah. In, in Lonzo Ball, he controlled the tempo. He made those outlet passes. He's the one hitting Levine in stride on a 90-foot pass, doing the same with DeMar DeRozan. He makes those guys all better. He's also one of the best rebounders on the team. He is the best passer on the team. Um, and so to not have Lonzo Ball is to not have their identity in a lot of ways. And that's really unfortunate for a team that had a great season. Um, but I do think that the, it's, it's all bucks. Uh, what I'm interested to see is just uh, Bobby Portis, actually, because this is the team that drafted him. Sure, yeah. Uh, this is a team that uh, he broke a teammate's face, nearly killed him with his powerful fists. And so uh, when you consider that, it's maybe a bit of a rivalry. And then the other thing is look for a frustration foul that will be all over Sports Center towards the end of the series when the Bulls start to figure out that they're done. Someone's going to try to kill Grayson Allen. I, I mean, fantastic. Like what Grayson Allen, that was one of the dirtiest fouls I've ever seen. Uh, what he did to Alex Caruso and he missed a long time. And so and he, he changed the bull season. Yeah, he, he, he really did because, uh, you know, notice respect to Io DeSumo and stuff, but like you're asking a lot from a rookie. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of a rookie without um, as much polish as a lot of other rookies right now. He's been even, great. He, he was awesome. He was awesome. He really uh, was impressive, Uh, but they don't have enough. And um, so I'm kind of looking to see what happens with Grace and Allen uh, as far because like there is bad blood now, like, uh, and I think things will get chippy. Um, I am interested to see, I think the Bulls can steal a game. Uh, the, the Bucks are really fragile right now in the backcourt. And so yeah. if the Bulls do yeah. somehow pull something off, 
I think that that's where it happens because right now, uh, Grayson Allen is out. Uh, George Hill is day to day. And then it's like Wesley Matthews and Drew Holiday and Pat Connaughton. Who's going to be playing point guard minutes if George Hill can't go? You know, like, are they going to slide Wesley Matthews down to the point guard? I'm just wondering how they manage that. And honestly, I'm kind of looking that as more so like a scouting for the next series, you know, like in their next round, because like this won't kill them here, but it could kill them down the road if they find the wrong matchup. Yeah. And I I think the Bucks defense has been low key unimpressive somewhat recently. And I think that there is a home game that DeMar and Levine combine for 65 for, and that the bulls just, this team's been too exciting and too fun. There's too much pride for this team to get swept. I just don't see them get, they could, I think it's the second most likely outcome. I think more likely than them winning two games than winning zero, but I think that they win one at home. Maybe it's game four and it's just, we throw the kitten caboodle at a team that knows that they have two more games at home after this. And I, I, the Bulls I, couldn't beat elite teams all year and they couldn't zero. handle big men when they didn't have Vucevic, but like the bucks right now, one thing that I don't think that's discussed enough is now you have a healthy Brooke Lopez. A Sir, you have Serge Ibaka. And you have Giannis. That's yeah, a lot, a lot of length. And Ooh, Bobby what, Portis. What's your prediction for this series, Adam? Officially, Bucks and how many? Five. Bucks and five. So, uh, give me your prediction. I don't even know if I want to do this to you. Can you tell me how the Bulls win the NBA Finals? Well, I mean, Lonzo Ball is healthy. Like, he just wants you to think he's not. Oh, okay. He's gaslighting yeah. us. Exactly. Because if the rest of the NBA thinks he's not going to play, then surprise, look who's back. And then um, that's great. And another thing not a lot of people are talking about is Kawhi Leonard's actually been released from the Clippers. And uh, you have have dipped into hysteria. And I'm so happy that you got the Bulls to watch this year but i i'm gonna have to cut you off right there because i can't i can't see my friend like this you know tell me tell me how the bucks win it well i i do real quickly want to say because we have a lot of Bulls fans i want to say this quickly calm down calm down all right this was a transition year this is the first time you put these pieces together and if you thought this team was going to go to the nba finals you are out of your mind it's a really good team they've had a good year celebrate that They're back in the playoffs for the first time since the Jimmy Butler era. And that is something to be proud of. And they're in position to get better in the off season. Don't lose the forest for the trees. Okay. The Milwaukee Bucks. Rousing, rousing speech there, Adam. I I appreciate that. And I, I am not a Bulls fan, but I know you are the biggest of all of them. And I think you're exactly right about how to feel this year. Before you give me the Bucks thing, you bring up an interesting point about the forest and trees. Do you think, hindsight's 2020 do you do pat williams for jeremy grant if that trade existed uh uh not with how things not with the lonzo injury sure all right let's let's talk bucks uh as i mentioned it's just kind of like stupid how good that front court is yeah and led by the best player in the world yeah 
like there's not a team in the NBA that's capable of driving consistently and scoring when the people you have to do that against are Sergi Baca and Giannis, not to mention Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, Chris Middleton. Like not only are they huge, but they can all shoot too. Uh, like they are a, a defensive nightmare. Uh, I think for like all intents and purposes, they're the biggest team in the NBA. Drew Holiday, all right? Let's talk about the huge plays he made down the stretch, especially on defense against the Phoenix Suns. And those are, that is what wins basketball games. You know, like playoff basketball games, poking a ball free, triggering a fast break, uh, knocking down some big shots. This Bucks team is essentially the same team as last year, but they actually got a little better. Um, I mean, the Bobby, Bobby Portis like had the best year of his career, averaging 15 points and then shooting 40% from three. Uh, Brooke Lopez only played uh, 13 games. He's 36% from three. You have a 41% from three. And Grace Allen, you have a 40% from three. And Pat Connaughton. Uh, 37 with Chris Middleton, 41 with Drew Holiday. Like we, we kind of talked about a, a little bit with the Miami Heat, but this Milwaukee Bucks team has statistically like just elite shooting. Uh, they shoot 36 6 as a team. And, you know, it's kind of like once you win that first one, special players have a way of like, okay. I've gotten over the hill. And that's what I think happens with Giannis. I think Giannis is going to repeat as a champion uh, because I don't know how you stop the Bucks, But like Giannis showed how dominant he can be, how when he, he's like, hey, all right, well, I guess the way we do this is if, if, my, if I tweak my leg, my career's over, but I'm just going to take over anyway. And I'm going to drop 50 points, uh, 51 points. It was the most since Bob Pettit in a closeout finals game. Like, that's how far you got to go back, how insane his performance was last year. This guy's the best player on planet Earth, and he's playing with a really, really damn good team. Uh, it's a defensive super team, and it's an offensive super team. Like, who beats them? Like, who beats them? The Heat aren't beating them. They're too small. The Sixers aren't beating them. They're not deep enough. Like, the, the Nets aren't beating them because they're not getting out of the first round. The Celtics are too small. And then you start talking about the Western Conference, like – the Bucks are too big for the Warriors and they're, they just beat the Suns and they'll do it again. I, I think you make a compelling argument and let's move to our last matchup here. We've got the Sixers. It's the four seed against the Raptors. That seeding very crucial for what could be a very long, arduous series. Uh, Adam, what are you watching for? I think there is a chance that we get the first playoff success of James Harden's career because he just hasn't had any. Uh, and I think we have the weirdest team in the NBA up against two absolute juggernauts. The Raptors are fun. They are like one of those monstrosities I would make in 2K with a bunch <laughs> of dudes who are athletes and long and one yeah. guy who can shoot, and they just want to see what happens. I don't even think they're trying to win. They're like, what if we do it like this? And I think they've been awesome. Uh I I want to hear what you have to say about this series. I think this is this is my only series I have going seven games in the first round. I have it going seven as well. Um, I think either team could absolutely win this. Yeah. Uh, 
it's a horrible matchup for the Sixers. It really is. It's, it is. They're, they're, the Sixers have the two best players. I think even with Harden, whatever you want to say about it, he's much better than any player on the Raptors individually. Yeah. He's a former MVP. I mean, come Who's on. Who's the best player on the Raptors? Is it Van Vliet? Is it Siakam? I couldn't tell you. It's one of those two guys. It's maybe Scotty Barnes. I think next year it's Scotty Barnes. Um, gosh, I don't know. But, man. Raptors are going to play lockdown defense. They have the better coach. And I think that's the X factor here. Yeah. Like, Doc Rivers has had some bad moments in the NBA playoffs. Oh, I am here for Doc Rivers slander any day of the week, Adam. Like, I think Nick Nurse is going to out-adjust him. And that's where, like, I'm really tempted. Uh, I Like I said, I have this one going seven. I'm really tempted, but, like, I don't really know which way to go because, like, the Sixers are such a better team. But, like, Nick Nurse is going to make this hell. And Matisse Thibel can't play in Toronto. Oh, what an what a moron! Get vaccinated. I'm sorry, fans. Get vaccinated if you want to win. Get vaccinated if you want to beat COVID. It's just so simple. If you want to win, yeah. I mean, like the fact that now you don't have one of your best, probably your best defender, like as far as the perimeter goes, you don't have him available in one of the hardest environments to play in the league. Like you want to talk about a home court advantage. How about playing in a different country, man? When when will we know if Nick Nurse has too many cards for Doc? Is it going to be in the first two games at Philly? Will we see it then? Or do you think it will take a long time for us to see who's winning this coaching battle? That's a really good question. Uh, I think there's going to be game-to-game adjustments. It's going to be interesting to see how it both teams come out against each other in game one. And I think it'll be neck and neck and then from there I think it's going to be um teams trying to figure out how to stop what worked for their opponent in game one um and then you know that'll continue out through the series um and so I guess it's going to be you're not going to see all the cards because I don't think Nick Nurse like he probably has a pretty good idea of the different things he can do but I don't think he even knows what cards he wants in his deck, if you will, right now, you know, Um, I think that he's got an idea for sure. I'm not saying he's going in with like a babe in the woods, but I do think that he uh, is going to have to kind of see how things play out. The X factor for the Sixers is Tyrese Maxey, who's really a a talented player and it seems to have taken a big leap um, with Harden being there. Because that that Harden draws so much attention, it's going to open things up for guys like Harris and Maxi. Harris got to knock down those shots, and uh, then, geez, man, I mean, Joel Embiid, he's the best player in the series, and I think he's the reason that the Sixers are ultimately my pick. Uh, because, like, what do you what do you do against him? Uh, he he is much better than anyone else in this series. James Harden to uh, whoever the third best player in the series is, is much closer than Embiid to Harden. And it is a shame that the season that he had, and I think he's right to be upset, is not even, he's going to be third in MVP voting. And he was an absolute freight train the whole year. Yeah. He is he is the first or second best interior defender 
and he's a three level scorer and he played this year. He didn't get hurt. It's just, it's awesome to see. We, there's no comp to him in the league right now. Um, and it's just, it's fun. And I love that guy. And Adam, I want to hear your final prediction, who you got. You had Sixers and seven. Was that official? Yeah, I'll go Sixers and seven. I am for the first time. It took us eight series I'm taking the Raptors in seven. Oh, I just I think I, you nailed it with doc rivers. I think he, but he, he botches this. And I think we, I think we get some great James Harden games, but I think we get a bad one when they need it most up three, two to finish it off on the road. Nothing. And I think three for 11 knows, from three, five turnovers. He loves to go three from 11 in important games. Uh, but last thing I need you to do for me, Adam, sell me on the Raptors winning the finals, then sell me on the Sixers winning the finals. Then we'll wrap things up. Um, so you said the Raptors first, then Sixers? Yeah. The Raptors, um, life finds a way. <laughs> you know, like people thought the dinosaurs were dead. They're not. They won the championship. All right. And They're birds. Talk- They're flying around. Yeah, exactly. You know. Uh, we don't know if they're covered in scales or they have feathers, but we do know they're reptiles and reptiles win. Okay. Uh, I had a friend, he told me Steve Jobs is still alive. He's a reptile and he lives down in, uh, one of the islands somewhere. Someone told me this. He was like, no, for real. I'm like, oh, interesting. (laughs) But, But anyway, um, yeah, you know, reptiles, they find a way to survive and that's what it's going to be. So they're going to win the championship. They're just going to outsurvive everyone. Okay. Uh, reptiles are tough to kill. 76ers, who you got? Or well, tell me how. Well, the was 1776. We were fighting for our freedom. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, I think Joel Embiid is coming in with a boulder on his shoulder, man. There's no one in the NBA more upset that Nikola Jokic wins that second consecutive MVP then Joel Embiid. And so this is going to be his time where he says, okay, I'm going to show everyone that I'm the best player on planet earth. And me and Harden are going to Shaq and Kobe our way through the finals. And we're only going to lose a few games throughout the entire playoff push. You have Tyrese Maxey is a third option. That's a kind of stupid really. And then, uh, you know, James Harden doesn't like the disrespect either. Like, this is a team that is very, very good with a chip on their shoulder. They finally got rid of the sideshow that was uh, Ben Simmons. And they got some uh, useful guys, you know. And so I think that the identity of this team, is it obviously revolves around uh, Embiid and Harden right now. And not a lot of people have gotten to look at that. And so when that pick-and-pop game opens up, uh, that's going to be a problem. And when they adjust – it's going to turn into a pick and roll or, uh, you know, Embiid is hitting uh, Maxi going back door or Harden. Like you're going to be able to manipulate defenses by the genius of James Harden and the sheer strength and skill of Joel Embiid. And they're going to be impossible to take down. They have a size advantage at that center position over everyone except the Denver Nuggets who they're not going to run into in the finals. And so, uh, it's going to be interesting when it's Giannis against Embiid in the West or the Eastern Conference Finals because I think that's the only guy who can truly uh, stop the sheer dominance of Joel Embiid and a more motivated Joel Embiid than we've seen ever. Love it. And Adam, for the Eastern Conference, if you can only watch one series from this conference, 
It's Bucks. Uh, it is. What, <laughs> are we going Celtics Nets or Sixers Raptors? Ooh, that's really tough, man. Um, ah, it's a good question, my friend. I, 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 I you know, I'm, I'm still going. I, I got to go Bulls Bucks. Uh, still. As your, I, that makes sense. You are I still got to go Bulls Bucks. Um, you know, I think that one of those teams is a hell of a contender. And the other team is the team that I was, I was born across the street from Chicago Stadium, as you know, from my documentary searching for Shalafu. And so um, I was out of the womb, a Bulls fan. And like, no matter what, I'm going to, I'm going to pull for them. I want to see how they do. And um, as a fan of the Bulls and as a fan of basketball, I want to see uh, what they show in the playoffs. Um, even though it's probably not going to be the result I want. Uh, but if I had to pick a different one, then yeah, I think it's got to be uh, net Celtics. It's going to be so interesting to see what happens with Ben Simmons. And I want to see what the Celtics are all about. Let's do it. All right, Adam, I'm going to wrap it up here. You've been pitching every team to me. I've been thinking about, it. I've been thinking about Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert kissing. I've been thinking about uh, <laughs> the Bulls players actually lying to the media about what's happening right now and i i have figured it out i have your finals prediction which is the warriors over the heat no but you're close all right what is it it's the bucks over the warriors bucks over the warriors you got the bucks over the warriors bucks coming out of the east uh i have uh warriors over celtics i love that we're in lockstep over that um Definitely a homer pick. I just want it to happen. Uh, I think Suns are a really safe bet to come out of the West. But Even uh, as you were saying that, I'm like, do I say Suns or do I say Warriors? Like, I've been flip-flopping for months. I, they're they're Titans. The healthy – I remember watching Christmas Day, Christmas game, the Warriors were down a bunch of guys, and they still went toe-to-toe and actually beat the Suns there. So I think that's uh, going to be how their series rolls. But I want to hear – tell me how you've got – bucks over i think they're really like three the three titans of the east there's four really you could you could really easily sell like you did for all of these teams but you went bucks instead of celtics instead of heat um can you talk to me just uh, briefly about that Giannis is the best player in the world on both like he's the best defensive player and uh his ability to take over a game i think is actually number one in the NBA, even with a healthy LeBron James, you know, like, uh, in all, here's a hot take. Giannis is going to finish with more rings than LeBron when they both hang it up. All right. Like I'm not just in on Giannis this year. Like I think the bucks have a legitimate chance at a dynasty here. Wow. Yeah. I, I think they're, they're that good. Um, just the clamps, man. I mean, like, Serge Ibaka is not the guy who's blocking four shots a game anymore. But the fact that you have three legitimate shot blockers and then Giannis, of course, so four uh, in, in Giannis, Brooke Lopez, Serge Ibaka, and um, Bobby Portis, I think that they're going to be too big for every single team. And what makes them different than the rest is – if you want to go small, fine. You can see Giannis at center. Good luck. 
like they can match up. The only concern for me, and it's a big concern, is like I, I said, like what happens with that backcourt if it's not healthy? Because I don't think they have a ton of depth there. But um, as far as like size, athleticism, scoring ability, shooting, uh, one guy I don't think I brought up was Pat Connaughton, but I could see him playing some guard minutes. And he's been really nice in the playoffs. And he's an outstanding rebounding guard. Uh, he had some bad misses. I don't think he's going to have any like game winning threes or anything, but I just really don't see how um, any of these teams in the East, like I said, they're going to be too big for the heat. Uh, I don't think anyone can guard Giannis except maybe Joel Embiid, but the Bucks are just so much better than the Sixers. And I think that the Bucks have gotten to a point and you saw this last year where it's like, cool, we want to be really good, but like all that matters is the championship. And so I think that they do have that gear and I think they're just as simple as flipping that switch on. They got that first taste and now they know what it takes to emerge. Um, in that championship experience, I think it's the biggest reason why they can do it again because they're over the hump, you know? Like they've been legitimately maybe the best team in the world like as far as regular season goes for a while now I think now it's just a matter of Giannis saying to the world like this is my time this is my era and I am going to uh cement my legacy as one of the greatest players of all time I think he's going to make a case for being the best international player of all time and I think we're on uh chapter three right now it was chapter one the early years chapter two success Chapter three, the reign of the antlers. Reindeer. How many chapters in reindeer? Oh, wow. That's good. That's why we bring Adam Shalfu on uh, to his own show to talk like that. <laughs> uh, Adam, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk hoops with you anytime. Uh, any last last words for, for your fans sticking around? Are we going to hear uh, from you again? Yeah. Uh, uh, thank you so much. Um, and thank you, Ben. Uh, you know, I and I appreciate the patience. Um, uh, ch check out uh, KBRR Sports Extra on, on Fridays. I'll be doing some uh, NBA playoff stuff uh, on those. And, um, you know, trust the process or something like that. Uh, but, you know, it's always a blast. I'd love to do this uh, in, in future rounds as well. Yeah. And it's just uh, always great uh talking with you and i think that i'm a very good talk show host i think you're just as good i think me and you are the nikola Jokic and joel Embiid of talk show hosts. well i appreciate that adam uh have a great rest of your whatever you're doing folks who are listening and you might might hear from us again later in the playoffs but most importantly go dubs